You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Score North on AM 1500 KSTP St. Paul, Minneapolis, 94.5 KSTP FM St. Paul HD2, and on scorenorth.com. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily. If it's football, it's right here. Touchdown! Touchdown! Wide open touchdown! Wisconsin, we're in the Minneapolis Convention Center Hall, but you can get full details at minnesotagolfshow.com. You can come on down here, and if you make a putt in front of the score north stage between now and Sunday, you're entered to win a foursome to Troy Byrne Golf Club. We have six to give away, and score north is live out here at the golf show from now until 6 p.m. tonight. Matthew Collar will be out here at 2 o'clock. We'll have Mackie and Judd with Rami coming up at 4 o'clock. And, Manny, you and I will stick around along with Danny Cunningham for uh, some wool and NBA talk for Raised raised by Wolves coming up at 1 o'clock. But obviously this hour dedicated to the Minnesota Vikings and the NFL Purple Daily every weekday at noon right here on Score North. And we ask that you follow us on all your various platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitch. Download the app, which is now available on the Apple Store as well as your Android phones. So, uh, How many followers are we up to now on Twitch, do you know? Last I heard, we were approaching 40, Manny. So we're we're making waves in the Twitch world. Progress. Yeah, I that's, like that's what we're doing is making waves <laughs> in the Twitch world. We wanted to, uh, and if you want to get in on the conversation, 656-851-8646 is how you get in on Score North or tweet us at Score North. Wanted to talk about some of the big offseason decisions that the Vikings are facing here this this particular offseason, Manny. And uh, Chad Graff and Arif Hassan did a good job of breaking it down move by move at the Athletic. And uh, the first decision is obviously the biggest decision, and it'll be the first domino to fall and determine how the Vikings handle some of the other things they're going to have to handle come the offseason. And it's outside linebacker Anthony Barr, who will become a free agent unless they decide to franchise tag him. They have between February 19th and March 5th if they if they choose to franchise tag him. That comes at a price tag of around $15 million for the one-year deal, or they can try and work out some sort of longer extension with him. I, I'm not paying him $15 million. Let's, let's start there, Manny. I don't know about you. No, I'm not going to do that unless... He, unless they're going to turn him into a full-time pass rusher, which it sounds like that's what he wants to be. Right. Um, and if he's going to deliver production like Khalil Mack or Von Miller or something like that, then okay, I guess I would pay him that sort of money. But he hasn't shown – I mean, he's been a good player, but he has not shown that he has the ability to take on that full-time pass rusher role and have contribute that sort of production yet. And uh, so at this point, I'm not sure I want to give him that sort of money. Would you do that on sort of a prove-it deal? You, you franchise tag him with the $15 million and say, okay, for this one season, you're a pass rusher. You're not going to be a linebacker. You're not going to be dropping into coverage. Yeah. You're going to be an edge rusher for us. Prove that you can do it, and then we'll talk about something more long distance later on down the line. 
considering where the Vikings are at right now with their cap situation, I probably wouldn't do that just because they have other needs on the offensive line and they, you know, they need to they need to add some more weapons maybe for Kirk Cousins to help him out a little bit more to maximize his his ability and I'm I'm just not sure that giving him even on a one-year franchise deal if it's if it's really going to be worth it with his team having so many other needs because if you give him that deal and you're it, that limits your ability to go out and get you know other free agents in some other areas that you may need improvement and then he's not productive for you that you know he doesn't live up to that amount of money right then you're you're going to be in a tough spot in 20 yeah you're sort of handcuffing so. yourself is there is there a ceiling as far as how how high you will go in terms of the dollar amount to keep Anthony Barr around. They, they, they look at it here in the article I was talking about from uh, Chad Graff and Arif Hassan going move by move on the, the Vikings' big offseason decisions, and they say that the largest deal, if you go by average value at the position, is about $12.5 million a year. If they give him a deal around $10 million per year, that would put him in the top 10 highest-paid linebackers along with uh, his teammate Eric Kendricks. And it leaves them a little bit of wiggle room between between the ten and twelve and a half million dollar mark yeah, that uh, probably do cap 10. gurus think they could handle. If, if it's somewhere between ten and twelve, I'd probably I'd probably do that. So between ten and twelve, you'd be willing to go there. 10 and, ten and twelve a year, I'd probably do that. If it's you know a four or five year deal, and you could structure that in a way that it's not a huge cap hit for you this right. year. You know what I mean? So you you could bring him back, still leave yourself some wiggle room and some flexibility in this year's cap, especially if you can restructure some other guys who are on the roster right now who may be open to restructuring. You you can you can work it in a way that actually Anthony Barr wouldn't be hurting you against a cap that much this year right. if you can work out some sort of long-term deal with him. And the other side of this, too, is how does Anthony Barr view himself as a football player now? I mean, we've heard all the rumblings that he wants to be more of a pass rusher. Mm-hmm. He wants to get after the quarterback a little bit more. That's not something that he's always been asked to do in Mike Zimmer's defense. And then the other side of that is, well, what does Mike? How does Mike Zimmer view Anthony Barr? Does that is that fall in line with what Anthony Barr apparently wants to do? Does that fall in line with what Mike Zimmer has in store for him if they do bring him back? And I'm not sure that those two sides are on the same page. So that could play a huge role, I think, in determining whether or not Barr even comes back. So that's the Anthony Barr dilemma. Like I said, that's the first big decision they're going to have to make, and it'll be the first domino to fall that will uh, affect how how they're going to handle the rest of these situations that we're going to talk about here. Next up is some guys who... We talked about some some players who are candidates for restructuring their deals, and they named three guys in particular in this article, and uh, they are Everson Griffin, Kyle Rudolph, and Riley Reef. Are those three guys uh, guys that you would approach to discuss maybe restructuring? And usually, a restructuring comes with a little bit of an extension. You say, "Look, we'll give you a little bit more years if you give us a little bit of the money back this year." That's usually how those restructurings work. Yeah, and I think in the case of Kyle Rudolph, I think you know. Rudy's not a guy that's going to, you know, blow by his defender, even though Bill Belichick, when he was doing his uh, his pregame analysis of the Vikings, he listed all of the things that he liked about Kyle Rudolph, and he said that, you know, Rudolph, you know he's, he's, he's fast, he's strong, he'll blow right by the defenders, and it's like, eh, that's not really what Kyle, Kyle Rudolph is. <laughs> but, but he has, Rami, he has been a very productive tight end for them the last few years. He catches everything. He, runs, he does run good routes. Um, you know, there's probably a little bit to be desired there in the blocking 
uh, side of things with him. But he's been a productive player for them. And I think if you can find a way to restructure a deal with him, keep him around, bring in maybe another tight end to, to compliment him uh, and to, to help Kirk Cousins as well, I think, I think that, would be, that would be beneficial. Everson Griffin is the one that I just, I'm just not sure about anymore because he's been so good for them for so long. But this year with this past season with the, the off-the-field situation that he had early in the year where he missed some time, and then when he came back, he just, he just wasn't productive at all. He just wasn't the same guy. And, uh, you know, and he's getting up there in age a little bit now. I think he's 30 or 31. We saw the production sort of fall off this year. And he's got a hefty cap number going into 2019, so I just don't know if he's a guy that they would maybe even restructure, that they may just say goodbye to. You think they'd consider just cutting him? I, I think so, yeah. Do you know what the cap hit would be if they cut him in terms of the, the dead money that would still be under sure the cap for the, them? I'm not sure what the dead money would be, but I know, I think he's slated to make, I think it's 11 or $12 million or something like that for 2019 and I mean if if he's not going to be as productive as as you would you would need somebody making that kind of money to be then I mean that's money that you can that you can spend elsewhere and because they have depth at that position I mean you have we know how good Daniil Hunter is you know Stephen Weatherly had a really nice season filling in for Everson Griffin when he was out and if you do decide to bring Anthony Barr back I mean that's you know that's a role that you could possibly put him in and, and have him split time with a with a rotation guy, too. So I think because they have some depth there, it might make Everson a little bit more expendable. It's actually, it wouldn't, I mean, it wouldn't hurt too bad. It's easy for us to say because it's not our money, Manny, but it would be $1.2 million in dead cap money if yeah. they decided to part ways with Everson Griffin. And how much money would that free up? Uh, it would free up a, a almost $12 million, $11.7 yeah. It See, would free up that's if, a they, lot of money if they to cut free ties up. with them. It, it's a lot less painful, and this is usually the case with NFL contracts, if they were to part ways with him in 2020, that's only an $800,000 hit in terms of dead dead cap money, 400000 if they wait until 2021, and then if they wait until the offseason between 2021 and 2022, they could cut ties with no no penalty whatsoever against their cap. But I can't, like you said, with him getting up in years and the production dropping yeah. off, unless unless we see him rebound this coming season, I can't see them sticking with Everson Griffin through two two or three more seasons. And it is possible that he could rebound. And, and the other part of that, too, to make the case for maybe trying to restructure him um, and, and have him come back is that he is really well-liked in that locker room. He's, right. He has been one of the leaders specifically on that defense um, for a number of years now, certainly since since Mike Zimmer took over as coach in 2014. So he's, he's well-liked, well-respected in that locker room, and that's, you know, when you, when you cut guys and you let guys go, that's the other thing that you have to kind of think about is what, what kind of effect it can have on, uh, on some of the other players that are going to re- remain in that locker and, room. And the third guy in, uh, in their candidates to restructure is Riley Reef. We heard the speculation just uh, earlier this week that maybe he gets moved to, to guard. And, yeah, and, left guard, I think. And he is also a candidate for restructuring. Is that? Or do you like both of those moves if, if he's willing to go down that road? Yeah, I mean, I, I think if you move him to guard, you got to try and restructure him because he's making – He's making left tackle money right now, right. and really, to be honest, he's really a middle of the road at best left tackle. I mean, he's not bad. I looked it but up he's last not great week either on Mackey and Judd with Rami, and I think he'd be the sixth or seventh 
highest paid guard in the NFL if if they moved him over there now with with his current salary. His current salary. So I mean that's not that's not crazy. You know what I mean? I think a lot yeah. of people they they look at it and they go a guard for eleven million dollars a year. That but that's I mean you look at the market in the NFL and most people hear less about what offensive linemen are making compared to the quarterback <laughs> or the wide receiver. Because they're not the stars. So your initial reaction is, oh, my God, $11 million for a guard. But you look at the market for guards, and it's it's really, I mean, it's not it's not that crazy if, if they moved Riley Reef inside and, and didn't restructure, if they just kept him at the current salary that he's making now. Let's see, uh, Gabe Jackson of the Raiders is the sixth highest paid guard in the NFL right now. He's making $11 million a year. So hmm. he'd be tied for the sixth highest paid guard in the NFL. Would he be the sixth best guard in the NFL? No, probably not. So you could say he, he still wouldn't be living up to the salary, but that's – and we talk about this often. That's not really how salary works in the NFL. Just because right. you're the highest paid guy at a position doesn't mean you're going to be the best. And just because you're sixth highest paid doesn't mean – that you're going to be the sixth best. As we've learned with Kirk Cousins. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's that's how you learn that lesson the hard way. I wouldn't mind bringing Riley Reef back. At I sure. mean, if he's willing to restructure, obviously you'd like that a little bit more wiggle room under the salary cap. But I wouldn't I wouldn't be against bringing him back at the current eleven million dollar price tag. I wouldn't be either. I I think the other side of this too is if you're going to make that move, if you're going to move him to left guard or right guard or wherever you wherever they decide to put him. You better find a left tackle, and right. you know, and, and I know that there, there's there's talk of is Brian O'Neill potentially going to be the the franchise left tackle? Like, is he the franchise left tackle of the future? Well, right now he's at right tackle, and if you move him over to left tackle going into 2019, which I'm not sure they're going to do just yet, um, then you still got to find a right tackle, or maybe you move Rep- Mike Remmers back to right tackle or something like that. Dan Graziano of ESPN.com, he has what some Vikings fans might think is a crazy idea to get that offensive line help, and we're going to get into that with some reckless speculation coming up in the next segment. So hey, hang on to that for just one second in terms sure. of how you fix left tackle. Next position that you have to look at for the Vikings' uh, big offseason decisions is Latavius Murray. The running back is a free agent. And Manny, I know you look at this. You look at the running back position, and you go, "Ah, oh, you got Dalvin Cook. What, what do you, what do you need to worry about Latavius Murray for?" Dalvin Cook is a guy who, if correct me if I'm wrong, came into the league hurt when he was drafted, wasn't he hurt? And <laughs> then has was, yeah. and has suffered injuries in both of his first two years. To me, if you plan on contending in in 2019. You need to make sure that your backup running back position is solidified. And I know they like Mike Boone and they like Rock Thomas and they got Amir Abdullah during the season and and they they like all three of those guys. They wouldn't have kept Boone and Rock Thomas on the practice squad if they didn't think that they could they could fight for the backup job somewhere down the line. But they better be because of Dalvin Cook's injury history, really, yeah. really sure that at least one of those two guys, if not the two of them by committee along with Amir Abdullah can handle all the backup running back duties. And that includes probably being the starting running back for a few weeks of the year. You can almost probably plan on that with Dalvin Cook and his injury history. So I don't think this yeah. is as easy or, or as simple a decision as it might look like on the surface of, yeah, just let Latavius Murray walk because Dalvin Cook is the future at running back. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and even if you do let Latavius Murray walk, I mean, you do. I think you do have to consider at least least going out in the free agent market and finding a guy that can be a capable backup or, or, or a spot starter for you. And, and to your point, I know they like Boone and they like Thomas, and we've seen some flashes in preseason games of those guys 
maybe having having some juice in them, but we're just not we're not a hundred percent sure yet. And the other part of that too is with the running game, so much of it is going to depend on scheme too. And with Gary Kubiak stepping in, you figure that they're going to focus on finding a way to get the running game to be a little bit more productive and sticking with it a little bit longer in games instead of abandoning it and abandoning it uh abandoning it <laughs> that's a tough one yeah i know don't worry it's, about it it's friday and i know it's what cold you're trying outside. to say you yeah. know what i'm trying to exactly. say um but instead of just giving up on it when it's not working for a couple of possessions because we saw that a lot with john Filippo. so i think that's a big part of it too but yeah, I mean, Dalvin Cook, we, he, we know how explosive he can be. We know how talented and productive he can be when he's out there. But when he's out there is a huge question mark. Right. And that is something that I think they're really going to have to look at um, just to make sure that there's some stability at that position. And Boone and Thomas, they appear to have something in them, but we just, we just don't know yet. So that, that's going to be a huge question mark. The next offseason move that uh, they look at is a couple of offensive linemen, Tom Compton and Brett Jones. They, they think Compton will be back in more of a depth role in uh, Chad Graff and Arif Hassan's piece at TheAthletic.com yeah. as Remmers enters the third year of a five-year deal that he signed when he was actually a right tackle. Vikings could save four, just over $4.5 million on the cap by cutting him by June 1st. And they seem to think that that is likely, that they cut ties with Rummers before that June 1st deadline. What do you think, Manny? Yeah, I, I, I mean, it, it just doesn't really – at this point with where they're at, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to, to bring him back. I mean, unless, he's, unless it's going to be maybe in a, in a backup role because they like what they saw from Brian O'Neill at right tackle. He did show some signs. I mean, there's still some, still a lot of room for growth there. Um, and Remmers, while he played the right guard spot for most of the season, he just he wasn't. He was the starter there by default, just because they really didn't have any other better options. But that doesn't mean that he was very good there. He just he just wasn't very good there at all. And I think with the amount of money that he's making, and just the lack of real productivity there in that spot, I I think he's a huge candidate to just be let go. And then uh, the last, in terms of the, the guys currently on the roster, who they're going to have to make a decision about this offseason, is uh, at the safety position where you have Anthony Harris, who stepped in for Andrew Sandejo this year and did a pretty good job. Sandejo's making $5.5 million against the cap. That might be a guy who could draw some attention in the trade market. But if not, do you just cut ties with Andrew Sandejo and, and, and plug Anthony Harris in there and play? Yeah, I think so. I, I think for that, for that amount of money that, that Sandejo is making, and, and I think that Harris stepped in nicely at the end of last season and, and did a nice job. And I think when you have a guy that's been around the team now for a couple of years like Harris has, I think he's a guy that you can just plug in right away into that spot. And, you know, and maybe they – address that position in the draft in the later rounds of the draft just for depth purposes and things like that. But I think with uh, with where Sandejo is at in his career and with the amount of money that he's making, I think I think letting him go might be the best uh, might be the best play. And then once they make all those decisions and sign whatever free agents that they may sign, it's it's time for the draft and and to plug in whatever remaining holes that you plug in. And I'm I've been surprised, Manny, as uh, we we go through the mock drafts so 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 enthusiastically on Mackie and Judd with Rami when we want to mock and. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm surprised by how many of them, though, and I, I'm, I'm not one to put a lot of stock in, into mock drafts, as you can tell by the tone of that segment, but I'm surprised by how many of these guys have the Vikings taking defensive players 
in the first round of the draft. Now, obviously, a lot of this depends on what what they do with these decisions that we just talked about, yeah. who they might acquire via trade or free agency to plug holes on the roster. But I think Vikings fans, unless something dramatically changes between now and the draft, they have their sights set and and set solidly on offensive line in the first round of the draft. Isn't isn't that where you think they almost have to go this year? I think so, but I I do think that they have to be careful not to reach for a guy like they they could certainly add a guard. They could certainly, you know, go that route. Um but if there's not a guard that's worth taking in that spot, I don't like I don't I don't think they should take a second round rated guard in the first round. I don't think they want to reach. But if there is one there that's maybe, you know, slated in the in the latter half of the round, latter half of the first round, like in that twenty nine to thirty two range, and they and they see him and they, and he's there and they like him at uh what are they picking at? Eighteen? Mm-hmm. Then, you know, man yeah, maybe you go that route there. But I mean tackle too. I mean we just got to be talking about Riley Reef and how they may move him onto the interior, and then at that point, if you do that, then you got to find a left tackle. And so that's, I mean, that's certainly a play they could do there. But one way or another, I think in the first, within the first two rounds, they really do need to address that offensive line. It's Purple Daily on Score North on 1500scorenorth.com and live from the Minneapolis Golf Show, the Choice Bank Minneapolis Golf Show, running all weekend alongside and in, in the, inside the Minneapolis Convention Center Hall. But you can get full details at minnesotagolfshow.com. Adam Thielen will be on hand Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon, hosting a kids' putting clinic with proceeds benefiting the Thielen Foundation. He better be a pretty good punter if he's – or. A, a putter if he's holding the kid's putting clinic. Do you know anything about Adam Thielen's golf game? I, I, I would imagine he probably has a pretty good golf game. I've never, I've never known him I mean, if he's putting on one, clinics, he's he's gotta gotta be he better come with it. I'm yeah, just saying, he better come so. with it. We'll yeah. be doing shows from uh, the bed of the all-new 2019 GMC Sierra with a revolutionary tailgate that everyone is talking about. It folds down into six positions. I saw this thing in uh, one of the Super Bowl commercials, including a step-up, a seating area, and an extension of the bed. I could see Manny driving one of those bad boys. We want to thank <laughs> the PGA Superstore, the X-Golf Woodbury, the Twin Cities' newest indoor golf and sports bar with the latest simulator technology. Second swing, Nelson Marine for their sponsorship of the $100,000 pontoon putt, the Minnesota Golf Association for their support of the Youth On Course Chipping Challenge, and the Minnesota Section PGA for their support for all the local PGA professionals that donated their time for free 10-minute lessons. Again, we're out here at the Minneapolis Convention Center Hall B for the Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show. I'm Rami Makloff. He's Manny Hill. It's Purple Daily, and there's a kind of crazy idea out there, Manny, to help fix the Vikings' offensive line problems. I'm curious what Vikings fans think about it when Purple Daily returns on Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, live on Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. I'm Rami Makloff along with Manny Hill. We're at the Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show running all weekend long inside the Minneapolis Convention Center Hall B. Full details at minnesotagolfshow.com. And uh, while you're checking out the details of the Minnesota Golf Show, Check out uh, ESPN.com and Dan Graziano, Manny, who uh, had had some 
The the article was. Let me just make sure I got the title of the article right here. It was um, bold predictions. Bold for predictions all 32 teams. for all thirty-two NFL teams. And he gets to the Minnesota Vikings, and he has a a bold prediction that involves the Vikings getting getting some some roster help and some offensive line help, but not the way that a lot of people would necessarily think to go about it. He proposes the Vikings trade cornerback. Xavier Rhodes, and I'll just read you what Dan Graziano said. He said, Mike Zimmer would likely fight tooth and nail against losing one of his star defensive players, but Minnesota's best chance at bolstering its weakest link, the offensive line, might come from cutting into an area where the Vikings are okay depth-wise and have valuable trade leverage. Coming off the most difficult season of his career, Rhodes turns 29 ahead of the uh, 2019 season and accounts for $13.4 million against a salary cap, and he points out the depth that they have at the cornerback position right now with Trey Waynes, Mackenzie Alexander, Mike Hughes, and then uh, Holton Hill, the undrafted free agent yeah. who stepped in last year and, and performed pretty well. Yeah, he did. He says trading roads now, knowing they're in a good spot with the rest of their corners, could provide the Vikings with an option to garner more talent for the O-line. And actually it was Courtney Cronin, our very own, who wrote that, that piece of reckless speculation when it comes to uh, – things that the Minnesota Vikings might do this offseason. What do you think about the idea of trading Xavier Rhodes for some offensive line help? Yeah, I mean, it's it's intriguing. And, and I think we've talked about this since the Viking season ended, that they may be in a position where, because of how their cap, their financial structure is set up, they may be in a position where they may have to make some sacrifices on the defensive side of the ball. And we talked about Anthony Barr last segment and what what they may have to do in terms of you know, whether or not they bring him back. They may have to let him go just to allow themselves to have some more money to, to help bolster the offense. And Xavier Rhodes is another guy, too, that they may have to think about just because of the, the hefty cap number. And, you know, Xavier had a he had a tough 2018. He had a really good 2017. Um, but 2018, he was battling injuries pretty much from start to finish um, during the season. And, and his production, you know, he just he just wasn't the same player. And now when, he, when he's, he's going to turn 29 years old now at the start of the season, you, it just does kind of make you wonder at that price if, if, if it's worth it bringing him back considering the depth that you have at that position. I mean, Trey Waynes is very good, especially in the run. Uh, Mackenzie Alexander, after getting off to a terrible start in 2018, really got a lot better as the season progressed. Mike Hughes obviously showed some signs before his um, before his ACL injury cut his season short. And we talked about Holton Hill, who was undrafted, and he stepped in and did, did a really, really nice job late in the season for them uh, when, when other guys were banged up. So, I mean, that's something you have to think about. And, look, I, I look at it like this. You're Mike Zimmer. You are a defensive genius. Yep. This, is, this has been your calling card for your entire coaching career. And this defense has been very good basically since you got here. It might be a situation where in order for this team to get over the hump and get to a level where they can compete for a Super Bowl, you may have to sacrifice some of your guys and coach up some of these other young guys that you may have to bring in. You know, you might have to go draft some guys and, and – Coach them up, develop them a little bit, and they may be younger, but they'll be younger and cheaper. And you have things on the offensive line that you need to fix. And so that's that's where they have to figure out uh, how this is going to work for them. They're going to have to make some sacrifices. That's, I mean, Rami, that's the league, right? Right. I mean, you go you go over the course of 
of a handful of years, you have to make sacrifices, and sometimes you have to let guys go. And, and Mike Zimmer's probably not going to want to let go of Xavier Rhodes, but it might be something he has to think about. By the way, let me just correct myself. Dan Graziano wrote another article that I was hoping we could get to before the end of this hour. This was just each beat writer for each NFL team, okay. all 32 teams making these 10 bold predictions. And like I said, it was Courtney Cronin, who here along with Matthew Collar on this very show uh, throughout the week, Purple Daily at noon every day on Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. The thing is, Manny, the, 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 the problem with, with this, this bold prediction is if, if you and I are sitting here wondering – if Xavier Rhodes is worth that price tag of $13-plus plus million you got to believe that NFL GMs, sure as hell, are probably wondering right. the same thing. And you got to ask what is going to be the market for Xavier Rhodes. Mm-hmm. And, and you got to find the right trade partner who's willing to part with some an offensive lineman who can help a football team. And I know cornerbacks are a hot commodity in the NFL right now, but right up there in terms of the value that teams place on positions – is is offensive line. So you're going to have to find somebody who needs a corner and, and feels like they can spare some offensive line help and believes that Xavier Rhodes comes at, at and, and provides the value of that $13-plus million price tag. Yeah, and the number one question, if I'm a team that's going to potentially trade for Xavier Rhodes, the first thing I want to know is, is he going to be healthy for me? Right. And because he had an injury-riddled 2018. Now, he, I mean, you tip your hat to him because he played through a lot of it. Um, but so there's obviously a level of toughness there that that he presents and but you still have to ask yourself okay is this guy going to be healthy because if he's not going to be healthy I don't want to acquire that money and give up assets to be able to to bring him in if he's not going to be on the field and at the level that he you know speaking speaking in terms of his money that he's going to be worth. I mean, you just have to – those are things, if you're going to make a move like that, those are things that, if you're another team, you're going to have to think about. Uh, the, to me, the 29 years old doesn't really scare me off doesn't, if I'm another team yeah, because we, we've neither. seen some cornerbacks and guys who, who play at Xavier Rhodes' level because he's been one of the one of the upper upper echelon cornerbacks in this league for a while, and we've seen guys uh, who, are, who are cut from the same cloth succeed into their 30s. Akeem yep. Talib comes to mind. And there are a few other guys around the league who ha- have performed at the cornerback position up, up around age 30, 31, 32, or even a little bit older. I, I don't think that he's going to completely fall off the table. And like you said, you can probably attribute some of the, the drop-off in production last year to the injuries that he suffered early in the year and then, mm-hmm. and then was playing through them. The age wouldn't worry me. I just need to know if I'm a team who's shopping around for Xavier Woods. Like you said, if, if he's, if he's going to come into the 2019 season at 100% or close to it and, and back to the level that we saw him playing in, in 2017. Yeah, no question about it. And then, like you said, what what is the market going to be for him if the Vikings do decide to to, to trade him? Which I'm not really sure Mike Zimmer is going to be on board with because Mike <laughs> Zimmer loves him. Right. He loves all of his defensive guys. But if if the Vikings were to move him, what what is the market? What would what would teams be willing to give up for him? And then if you're the Vikings, you have to ask yourself, okay, is, well, is it worth it? You know, if somebody's only going to give you a fourth or fifth round pick for him, then is that really worth? trading him away now if it's if somebody wants to give you a second round pick for him maybe then then you, that's that's a conversation that probably needs to be had so that's uh that's something second the round to think about well you might not i mean you can you can find some good offensive line prospects in the second round so if you can get yeah. a second round pick for xavier rhodes in a roundabout way you can you can easily address your your offensive Definitely. line problems and if you have two second round picks and the first round pick i mean use two of those picks on offensive line and you hope you've plug the holes right there 
and, right. and you exactly. can you can put them alongside the other guys that you have. I, I think that I think when it comes to fixing that offensive line, however you do it, Manny, and this is why I don't hate the the move of Riley Reef to to guard as much as some people do. You just got to find the five best guys to, who who can block and and then and then figure out where they fit on the offensive line. And and the positions aren't always interchangeable. You can't guys aren't always able to move from the left side to the right side or to move from the outside to the inside or vice versa, but I think you just have to find the five best offensive linemen and and then find a way to get them out there in some sort of combination, some way somehow. I'm I'm not going to get fixated on the contract of a Riley Reef or anybody else. I'm not going to get right. fixated on what position these guys have played up until now or what they played in college or whatever the case might be. I've always believed when it comes to offensive linemen, find your five best guys and get them out there in some sort of combination, and that's that's your best bet in terms of protecting the quarterback and making some lanes for Delvin Cook and the rest of these running backs. And another guy that has been mentioned a few times since the Vikings season ended you know, some people have asked questions about, and, and I'm curious to see what direction they decide to go with him because he's a free agent, is Nick Easton, who missed all of 2018 with, uh, I think he had a neck situation, a neck surgery, and missed the, entire, missed the entire season. He was really good for them in 2017, and when he wasn't out there, when he got hurt late in the year, they missed him. They missed him tremendously, and so... I'd be curious to see if they decide to maybe bring him back as just like more than anything, just a depth option there. Like maybe not bring him back and pencil him in as, as a starting guard right away, but just bring him back because, you know, he knows, he knows the, the team and he knows the, the, the personnel and everything. Um, but he's also a guy you have to think about, okay, he's coming off neck surgery and a big guy, 300 plus pound guy coming off a of neck surgery. You just don't know if he's going, going to be the same guy. But I think that's a name that should be watched and, and you know, as, as a potential option, if, if anything, just for the sake of depth on the offensive line. If you'd like to get in on Xavier Rhodes or any of the Vikings issues we've talked about so far here today on Purple Daily, 651-646-8255, 651-646-8255, or tweet us at Score North, or just come out and say hi at the Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show running all weekend long inside the Minneapolis Convention Center Hall B. Full details at minnesotagolfshow.com, including details of Adam Thielen's appearance out here at the uh, Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show. He'll be here Saturday from noon until 2 p.m. out here in the Minneapolis Convention Center. Kids 17 and under can meet Adam, get a picture, and all kids will be entered for a chance to win a set of golf clubs. Space is limited to only 100 kids. You must have a ticket to participate. Tickets are $50 per child. Net proceeds benefit the Thielen Foundation, whose mission is to help youth reach their full potential. For more details and to purchase your ticket, go to minnesotagolfshow.com. I have even more reckless speculation than trading Xavier Rhodes. Completely unrealistic and reckless speculation coming up after this. You're listening to Purple Daily, Score North on 1500scorenorth.com and from the Minnesota Golf Show. The ball itself has its own energy. Coming to you from the Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show. Nice swing. It's Score North on 1500. Purple Daily every 
weekday at noon here on Score North on 1500scorenorth.com. I'm Rami Makloff along with Manny Hill from the Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show running all weekend long inside the Minneapolis Convention Center Hall B. Full details at minnesotagolfshow.com. Some Wolves talk coming up from the golf show coming up at 1. Danny Cunningham, our Wolves reporter, will join Manny and me for uh, Raised by Wolves, and then it'll be Matthew Collar live out here, Score North live from 2 until 4 before Mackie and Judd with Rami at 4 o'clock all day long out here at the golf show and all weekend long out here at the golf show. If you want to get in on Purple Daily, 651-646-8255 or tweet us at Score North. We will frequently, recklessly speculate here on Score North, Manny, but Max Kellerman, who... (laughs) I think is a responsible journalist more, more times than not. He he went way, way into the deep end of reckless speculation on first take a couple days ago when it comes to the Vikings and their quarterback position. If the Giants could somehow get rid of Eli's contract, that would take some doing because Nick Foles on the Giants makes a lot of sense with Saquon and Odell. Pat Sherman, by the way, was his offensive coordinator under Chip Kelly when Foles went 27 touchdowns, two interceptions that year. So he knows what he's got there. Or, dare I say, the Minnesota Vikings. Guys, the Vikings got rid of Case Keenum in favor of Kirk Cousins. Case Keenum had that thing. He Mm -hmm. kind of won, Mm -hmm. but he wasn't quite good enough, they felt. Kirk Cousins is good enough in terms of the skills, but is maybe missing that thing, and Mm -hmm. Nick Foles splits the difference. Mm -hmm. Good enough skills and great leadership. A a, a quarterback like that on that Mm -hmm. Vikings team, Mm -hmm. all of a sudden you're thinking that they're a Super Bowl contender. You said Giants and Vikings. Giants and Vikings. Okay, so he, he he's looking at Nick Foles, who will, will opt out of his contract with the Eagles and go into the free agent market, and he sees the, the Giants and your very own Vikings as good fits for Nick Foles. Well, the Eagles are probably going to franchise him and try and trade him, right? Yeah. That's, that's, what it, that's what I heard. At least that's what I read in a couple different spots. I think spots. he has an option, though, to some I, there was something in his contract that allows him to opt out and go into free agency this year there, right. there is a contract they can it's 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 a it's essentially the way i read it i could have misinterpreted things cuz i'm not a lawyer or an expert on contracts but it's basically a mutual option between him and the team so they exercise okay. their half he can pay them 2 million dollars and get out of the contract and be an uh, an unrestricted free agent i think that's how it works but mm-hmm. Let, let's start with what the Vikings have at quarterback right now because you're not going to have a $28 million backup on your roster. So do you, right. do you see any way that they could unload Kirk Cousins? Because I, I know that that contract looks big, but i got to believe that with the, the shortage of, of quarterbacks around the NFL and the, the volume of guys in this league who, who, who look at themselves as, as great offensive minds and, and quarterback gurus, there's probably somebody somewhere in this league who looks at Kirk Cousins and goes, I can fix that. And I'll take that contract because I can fix him and get peak performance out of Kirk Cousins. Maybe, yeah. I, I think if... If I'm an opposing GM, though, and I see that the Minnesota Vikings are putting Kirk Cousins on the trading block one year into a three-year contract, I'm I'm asking, like, I to quote our guy Danny Cunningham here, who's going to join us in about uh, 15 Hi, minutes for Raised by Wolves, I'd have questions. I have many, many questions. <laughs> if I'm somebody else, even if I'm a team that needs a quarterback, if I'm the Jacksonville Jaguars, if I'm um, – was another team. If I'm the Denver Broncos, even though the Broncos were interested in Kirk Cousins uh, last year, um, if I'm one of those teams, though, and the Vikings are trying to unload Kirk Cousins already, I have questions. I'm going to wonder why are you guys pulling the plug on this guy 
already just so you can get Nick Foles. Now, listen, personally, I think Nick Foles is better. I don't think he's significantly better, but I do think he's better than Kirk Cousins. I think there's something there that he has that can push a team do you over the top. agree but. with the assessment that Kellerman had there? And I think it's funny that part of Kellerman's reasoning and logic is that he's not as talented as Kirk Cousins, which is perfect for the Vikings. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> That's basically what he's saying. He's like, he's closer to Case yeah. Keenum in terms of the talent level, but he has those leadership and intangible qualities that Case Keenum had. So he's right in between Kirk Cousins and Case Keenum. He's like that happy medium in between those two guys. So you, you do think that Foles has those intangibles that that this team really seemed to react to when it when it comes to when it came to Case Keenum as their quarterback a couple of years ago. Yeah, I th- I think he does and I I think a lot of it has to do with I think the success that Nick Foles had in Philadelphia with going all the way to the Super Bowl and then this year stepping in for Carson Wentz again and leading them to the playoffs. I think there's enough there to, you know, if you put him in a situation like Minnesota, I think I think he can win, but at the end of the day, is this realistically going to happen? Hell no! We're not going <laughs> to do it. And you know, I I I just don't know if you know. There, there's so many other issues on this team right now offensively that I mean, I I think I think Nick Foles would be an upgrade, but I don't know if he'd be an upgrade. I don't know if he'd be enough of an upgrade to justify like pulling the plug on Kirk Cousins and trying to you know, work out a deal to either trade for Nick Foles or, or sign him in free agency. There is something that I, 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 I really I, I would like about the fit of Nick Foles with the Vikings, but it in in the same respect, it's something that would worry me about Nick Foles and his fit with the Cousins. And it's that offensive line. Because Nick Foles has shown that he he can perform that he can get the ball out and and stand in the face of pressure and make some good throws and and willing to take some big hits. But at the same time, he's shown early in his career when he was a starter that he he can be a little bit fragile, that he's willing to stand in there and take the big hits and deliver the throw. But at the same time, doing that, he opens himself up to injury. With the Vikings offensive line, you like the fact that he's a guy who can make a throw in the face of pressure. But on the other hand, with that Vikings offensive line, you don't know if Nick Foles is going to make it through a 17-week NFL season unless they really upgrade that that offensive line. And the other part of it, too, is, you know, scheme. I keep going back to scheme. With with Gary Kubiak stepping in, you know, you, you do have to ask the question, okay, does Nick Foles – like, Nick Foles fit in really well with what Chip Kelly did in Philadelphia in 2013 when Pat Shermer was there and everything as the offensive coordinator. Had a terrific season. Then Nick Foles goes to – the then St. Louis Rams, and he's terrible, mostly because he was coached by Jeff Fisher. But that's a whole, that's neither here nor there. So now he goes back to Philadelphia, and again, it just seemed like a perfect fit with Doug Peterson and Frank Reich and John Filippo all in there helping him and, and running, running a system that fit his, fit his skill set very well. And that's the other thing you have to think about if you're if you're the Vikings and you're even thinking about doing this, you have to you have to ask yourself, okay, well, does Nick Foles fit in the type of system that we now want to try and run with Gary Kubiak coming in and we're going to do a lot more of the zone blocking, the zone running scheme? Is that going to fit with what Nick Foles can do? Or is Kirk Cousins a better fit for that? And I think that's ultimately the question you have to ask if you're, if you're the Vikings and you're even thinking about doing it. But this. bottom line, if you could... 
replace Kirk Cousins with Nick Foles, Manny Hill would do it. Yes, I if would. That was a realistic possibility. If it was a realistic it. possibility, yeah, I would do it. All right. Now, speaking of Nick Foles, I mentioned before that there was a, an article by Dan Graziano I wanted to run through quick with you, Manny, here. In the last few minutes of Purple Daily Live from the uh, Minnesota Golf Show, he had 10 uh, bold predictions for the NFL offseason, and the first one involves Nick Foles. He says the Jaguars will acquire Nick Foles somehow. Yeah. But still miss the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because they're the Jaguars. Because they're the Jaguars, exactly. But we- that makes all the sense in the world, though, right? I mean, with Filippo down there, he has the relationship with Nick Foles. I mean, it just seems to make the most sense for him to go down there. Uh, number two bold prediction from Dan Graziano at ESPN.com. The Texans will sign Le'Veon Bell to a deal that eclipses Todd Gurley's. Hmm. That's interesting. And Gurley's was uh, four years, $57.5 million that he signed with the Rams last summer. I'm very curious about Le'Veon Bell. Is he, I mean, in, I guess on in one side of the coin, you look at it and you say, okay, well, took a year off and his body's going to be fresh and all of that, and so maybe he'll be ready to go in 2019. But at the same time, you know, he apparently did put on some weight a little bit when he wasn't playing and he was a little bit doughy I think some people were speculating <laughs> so you have to wonder is is he going to be in shape and you also see the way the way James Conner performed for the Pittsburgh Steelers this year in Le'Veon Bell's absence he was he you was gotta production. wonder if it's the line if it's the scheme yeah you gotta wonder and and he I mean, wasn't quite Le'Veon Bell though no he wasn't but but he was very productive and, sure. and you do have to wonder how how valuable Le'Veon Bell is. Now, I, I think Le'Veon is really good when he's healthy and when he's right, but taking a year off, you got to wonder if there's rust there. Is he going to be in shape? I don't know if he really kept himself in, in good enough shape when he was sitting out. We'll see. Um, but that's a big investment into a running back, especially in addition, um, for the Texans sorry, if they do that. In addition to the Texans, he sees the uh, Jets and the 49ers as possible suitors for Bell. I've heard from other outlets that the Colts, who have more room under the salary cap than anybody in the NFL, will also be players for Indy, Le'Veon Bell. Indy could be a really good And you spot put him in that offense behind Andrew Luck. And, that offensive and, and line def- is really good now. And give defenses a run game to worry about, and that, that could be a scary team all of a sudden yeah. out there in the AFC. Dan says his third bold prediction, Antonio Brown will lead the league in receptions with the San Francisco 49ers. Can you imagine if, if, if this? If, if he's available, if he's not, you know, dealing with off-the-field stuff and not getting himself suspended and all of that. But, yeah, I mean, it, it, if – if you put him in that in that offense and you get a healthy Jimmy Garoppolo coming back and you know I mean maybe if they if they add Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown I mean you get a Pittsburgh Steelers trio part if I, two, if, so to speak. If with, I'm Ben uh, Roethlisberger and I lose Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown in the same <laughs> offseason at this stage of my career peace like i'm just gonna call it I'm yeah gonna hang him i know up and walk and walk into the sunset i'm done uh number four bold prediction from dan graziano russell wilson becomes the highest paid player in the nfl he seems to be the next quarterback yeah. due up for a contract extension and as we talked about with kirk cousins when you're the best quarterback on the market you will be the highest paid quarterback in the league that's just how it works well and russell wilson is one of those guys that you know, we, we still kind of have question marks about Kirk Cousins in terms of can he elevate other guys around him. And Russell Wilson has proven the last few years that he is certainly capable of doing that. I mean, he, they 
the Seahawks don't make the playoffs without him right. being as good as he is. And, you know, they've got offensive line issues, and he's still able to sort of persevere through that. So he's worth it. they they gotta, they got to pay him. I'll admit. they got to figure something out. I wasn't always the biggest believer in Russell Wilson. I wasn't either. I've come around on the dude. Yeah. He gets it done. Yeah. He just gets the job done. It might not always look the way it looks with other quarterbacks in terms of the way that he gets it done, mm-hmm. but he gets it done. Number five, I don't think this is that bold a prediction. Uh, Dan says that the NFL establishes some sort of video review system that pertains to penalties. I think we're well down that road, Manny. I think that's something that's they have to. almost inevitable. Yeah, I mean, uh, they, they have to at this point. When you look at what happened in the championship games, you, you just – you just have to you have to you have to explore that you just can't have i mean i know the nfl they like this they like that you know radio guys like us can have these discussions and everything and it's good for us it's fun for us to talk about and speculate about but they've got to they've got to they've got to relook at those and it was fun for us to see the the saints getting screwed uh (laughs) six bold prediction the browns will win the afc north again i don't think that's that bold a prediction i i'm i'm right there with dan i think the i think the browns are are the the new team to beat in the afc north it was one of my write that down predictions uh, for Mackie and Judd with Rami a few weeks ago that the Browns were going to win the AFC North and go to the playoffs. And write that down at 5 o'clock today on Mackie and Judd with Rami, live mm-hmm. out here at the Minnesota Golf Show. The other new playoff teams will be, and Vikings fans should like this one, the Vikings, Titans, and 49ers. I'll take it. I'll take, I'll take a flare. All, I'll, seriously, I'll take I mean, the Titans were right there knocking on the door, and the 49ers getting... Garoppolo back. We'll see how they uh, see how they improve. Let too. me just uh, finish up this list real quick as we wrap up Purple Daily. Four quarterbacks get drafted in the first round. He says that's his eighth bold prediction. Nine. There will be no formal talks about an extension to the CBA, and he says the Saints will defeat the Texans Ooh. in Super Bowl Fifty Four. That's an Those interesting pick. Dan Graziano's ten bold. The South Dakota Stories, Volume One. She was a city girl, but always somewhere else in her head. Somewhere where bison roam, rivers flow, and people get their hiking boots dirty. Like, actually dirty. So one day she fled west and discovered this place of beauty, history, and a delicious taste of adventure. But before she knew it, she was driving away with memories to share and the hopes of returning. Because there's so much South Dakota, so little time.